0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Boom. Three, two, one. This podcast is a Royfield brown production. Find others on iTunes.
1: All right. Yeah, I
2: know.
3: If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? He can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. He can advise you on management overalls, management willies, and the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig shit out from under your fingernails. Because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. (laughs) Dum Dumpty dum de dum Dumpty dum, dum Dumpty dum Dumpty dum Dumpty dum dum dum, dum, dum diddly dum dum
2: dum, Dumpty Dumpty dum dum Dumpty dum, dum that wasn't that a lovely jaunty dum de dum? It was very jaunty. It was. Doctor Nicola Headlam. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, folks, this is Dumb Dumb, the show about the reality drama. that I centred at Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am Tracy's treat, that is Royfield Brown, and with me have the Swong song that is...
4: It's Son swung Oh. It's what she said and then Ross corrected her, the git. Anyway, Lucy Freeman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the last part of the Lower loxley reward lunch, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumb Dumb is from... Um, what is Dr. Nicola Headlam a doctor of? Do you know, Luce? Uh,
4: I don't. The
2: yeah, Arches. It's not, yeah, well, I, th- that's exactly it because she does the academic Arches, doesn't she? Yeah. She's all part of that crew and is also a Dumdy Dum fan. So we thank you for that, Doc. Uh, but well, why don't you, uh, call in? Let us know what type of doctor you are because I don't think you're a like a GP fixing people in the sick type doctor. I think you're one of those uh, like head doctors, like for something that you have to go and do a PhD for or whatever. But anyway, I'm wittering. Uh, Lucy, if somebody yes. would like to sing sing uh sing us, send us a dum dum, like <laughs> Dr. Nicola Headlam has. Oh Jesus, you and that cough.
4: It's nearly gone.
2: But it hasn't though, has it? And you can very, hear how bummed up you are as well. Very, anyway, very nearly. Hmm. Let's just rush through this because you obviously need another lie down. Uh someone to send us in a dum dum. How can that be done?
4: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, Kerry has asked us, Kerry Warbis, uh has asked us to say if anyone is around on Saturday, the 12th of October and you'd like to come along to Brighton uh, to meet other... Uh, nice, lovely The Archers people, dumpty dum listeners Um, then they will all be at the Eagle Pub in Gloucester Road in Brighton at 1pm and there is another The Archers fans meet up, it's a social whirl um, on Ottawa, in Ottawa rather, 26th of October Uh, the fun takes place at, how do you pronounce that, Nepion Street? I think so. Uh, Ottawa uh, and to email, you have to, to, to sort of get more details. You need to uh, email m um, a d y k e u p at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes uh, And that sounds a lot of fun um, Thank you this week to Cosmo For his podcast roundups Shambridge for her brilliant voices And I saw her for lunch the other day And she says hello to Dumpty dum people <laughs> Mike Hatton for his character counts, And to Derek Black- Load Lo- Lo in the back bedroom uh, Derek is very upset this week um, As a big fan of uh, Bake Off the, the, the show The Great British Bake Off uh, He was very upset that uh, to hear about Paul Hollywood's relationship uh, going wrong. I mean, if you can't have faith that a beautiful barmaid in her 20s is going to be genuinely attracted to a paunchy baker in his 50s <laughs> who just happens to be a millionaire with no thought at all to a potential payoff in a reality TV series, then you may as well question that Boris Johnson was having <laughs> IT lessons from a pole dancer. <laughs>
2: Well done, well done, you. Uh, on this week's episode, we hear views from Witherspoon, Red Agnes, Dan, John the Seventh, Lydia, David, and Master Miles. Oh, actually, hmm. Well Quick change to that, Luce. Uh, okay. Did you actually listen to uh, Master Miles's call?
4: No. Was it about space? Mm.
2: It was not like. Uh, a whole load of space, blank space. Master Miles, uh, oh. <laughs> nothing recorded, sir.
4: <laughs> but well done you. Yes. Yeah, but
2: well in. done for trying, though. <laughs> uh, so don't think we bumped you for any other reason than your call didn't, like, appear. But we do have another call, and it was um, on the telephone system, which you don't see, loose, which is uh, from Mia. So uh, is it, let's bump Master Miles and say and Mia. But first, before... All of that good stuff. Top of the shop, side so juicy loose and a week in Ambridge.
4: We began the week with Jennifer plotting her one-woman Brexit campaign to encourage freedom of movement, namely Lexi's freedom to move back to Bulgaria as soon as humanly possible. Uh-huh. Brian tried to fix it in a very Brian way. He only has two solutions to every problem, and both of them involve waving something around. On this occasion, it was his checkbook. (laughs) First of all, he tried to make what could have been a fairly reasonable suggestion about Debbie's friend in Sophia finding a job for Lexi. sound so sleazy and underhand, it was like she was about to enter a human trafficking ring rather than a hotel job. And then once he whipped his checkbook out and suggested that he basically pay all her expenses and made that sound as if he was stuffing 20s down her G-string, we were all, as a listening body, shouting, For crying out loud, Brian, you insensitive moron! He was (laughs) utterly bewildered as to what he'd done wrong, probably because getting his checkbook out generally wins Jenny over in a heartbeat. I'm amazed he didn't just come right out with it and say... Okay, Lexi, here's the deal. A 30-minute trolley dash round underwoods with Jenny's store card, and then straight on the easy jet to Plovdiv, yes? <laughs> <laughs> then we went to lunch at Lower Loxley with Tracy. She got a bit busy boots, as did as did Lizzie and Lily by the sound of it, while Russ sat there with a pursed up mouth noting that she was doing something she shouldn't be with her napkin and eating broccoli with her mange two fork. Happily, it <laughs> appeared that the two pargetters were having far more fun with Tracy than Russ, and at one stage seemed close to telling him exactly what he could do with a stick of rosemary. Elizabeth then took Tracy off to show her all her hidden places. I hadn't realised that Lizzie was that pissed, to be honest, but I suppose it's been a while since Roy and Eddie port in a storm. Sentence of the week goes to Helen. Poppers are your best friend, she said to Ian. Helen, I'm not sure that's going to come as a surprise to a gay man, but well done you for bringing it up. Poor Ian has no idea whether he is bonding with little Alexander Armstrong at all, because after 13 years living among the Aldridges, he has completely forgotten what unconditional love and genuine affection is like. He's probably waiting for the baby's first words to be, so what's in this for me? Over at Grange Farm, we have gone back in time with Will and Ed bickering and breaking something expensive and then Clary mothering William and Ed to an uncomfortable extent. I like being looked after, declared Will, which roughly means I like women to know their place. He'd feel very awkward if it was Eddie pouring his tea, doing his laundry and wiping his bum. Will seems to have a somewhat overly optimistic view of the likelihood of him getting a job, to be frank. Firstly, mm-hmm. he's checking the small ads in the local paper, which, if it's anything like our local paper, will consist mostly of pictures of small children in 1970s school uniform with the words, Ha ha, Darren, happy birthday, you twat, love from Dean, Shelley, and all at the Black Horse, or <laughs> offers of uninhibited Thai massage. I can't see Will <laughs> being a shoe in for a job as a masseur, to be honest. Rough hands, I'd imagine. He wouldn't take his wellies off. He'd play Mumford and Sons instead of panpipes. And if you disagreed with him, he'd throttle you by accident. However, he would fully (laughs) apologise afterwards. So now we've discounted time, masseur. what's left? What kind of a CV would he have? I am a hard-working young man, good with people, (laughs) as long as you are not my brother, a woman, or anyone I may have misinterpreted in any way. Likes animals, (laughs) dead and alive. Clean driving license and the gun only went off by accident. (laughs) Looking for role with no sudden noises. Rex's weirdness. Rex's weirdness is not getting any less weird. Pip and Rex spent an entire morning watching a pig watch other pigs having sex. Does anyone else not think what the poor sod actually is after is some privacy? "'Have you tried Neil?' <laughs> said Pip. "'No, just the sows so far,' said Rex thoughtfully. "'Egg turned up with some pig Viagra. "'No one said where he'd got it from, "'so I'm slightly worried that it was what Timote left behind "'before he skedaddled. "'Or maybe Boris ordered it himself. "'He got an email saying, "'Hey, Mr. Boris!' I am friend of you. I think maybe you need help with horny piggies. Look nowhere else, no doctor visit. We guarantee 100% 36-hour love action. No more people hanging over your thigh shouting at you, Mr. Boris. You have plenty of pork crackling. Just click on link. However, I suppose for Rex, watching Boris fail to have sex makes a change from being part of the rewilding squad the world's most useless team of superheroes. They just wander Mm. around the village like junkies begging for a a quid, whining, give us a field, give us one, please, half a one, a bit of your patio, we won't cause no trouble. Astonishingly, Borchester land caved in and gave them a bit just to shut them up. But I could have told them it's not a good idea. They'd only swap it for drink and then be back. Lovely moment in the ball when Lillian, to what Mm. sounded like her own surprise, ended up saying, what this town needs is an abattoir. And Mince Casey is the very man to do it, having pipped Justin to the post. That means we'll, we'll hear more of him, which is annoying, as he's a more brummy mat with less charm. But it does happily mean everyone now hates Justin. David kept mm-hmm. ringing Lillian in his usual needy way. And Lillian said, he's my cousin, Justin. <laughs> <He> <laughs> and Lillian said, he's my cousin, just in case new listeners don't realise. I can't just ignore him. Of course you can. Everyone ignores David, and if they don't, they ought to. Anyone who wears things they (laughs) reclaimed back off a scarecrow from Bert Fry's back garden isn't going to say much worth listening to, are they? Mm. Hannah can't believe she's single. Riley had a busy morning pissing off half the village. There's no self-hate with Hannah. She just believes in getting it all out there into the community. First of all, she got a lift with Ed and told him his son was going off the rails, then started to do a Harold Lloyd act on a ladder in front of Neil before putting her foot in a hole and bashing her head and claiming it was Neil's fault. Now, I have a few issues here. To be fair to Hannah, Neil's management style is admittedly not exactly dynamic. His answer Mm -hmm. to most things is, can you cover it with tarpaulin? Or going, <clears throat> <clears throat> neil struggles to contain an unruly parish council meeting and hasn't got a scooby about how to manage people. But to be honest, I'm not sure if a combination of Kofi Annan and Barack Obama could manage Hannah, Hannah Riley. But I have had a few hundred bosses in my time and I have never dared to speak to any of them the way Hannah speaks to Neil. Mm. I think the problem lies with the setup at Barrow, actually. For a start, Neil went from wandering around a field in overalls on his tod, humming Celine Dion songs and occasionally chiding Jazza, to suddenly being in charge of a gigantic pig unit. And despite what Susan thinks, management is not about just being paid more to come home less spattered in pig shit than you used to. However, <laughs> and this is where I think the problem may lie, mm. Barrow Farm is like the pig version of the hotel in The Shining. A vast echoing empty space with two completely silent pigs in it and Hannah Riley. And now they sack that man who keeps coming in late. It's just Hannah and Neil wandering around endless passages. Neil heats his packed lunch in his office on his own, staring out across silent fields, while Hannah fumes fruitlessly downstairs and draws moustaches on pictures of Councillor Emma Grundy in the Borchester Echo. Basically, the only way this is going to end is either going to be in some sort of passionate affair or a death match over the Gus Ring. They need more people, more <laughs> pigs, more noise, or at the very least, a bloody plot. The
2: end. <laughs> you know what, Lucy? I thoroughly enjoyed that this week for no other reason than I thought I was listening to Matt Corner for a moment. A bit of Plovdiv in there. I says, hey, hey, you know, I, I love that reference. And it did occur to me. <laughs> It utterly did. Occur. I had to
4: Google because I'd already used Zafir. I couldn't use another one, so I had to well, find out where else there was.
2: Listen, I, I was bowled over. You went for the second city <laughs> of Bulgaria, so props to you. Props to you and Google. All right now, I was really thinking, yay, at the start <laughs> of the show, that we are going to have to, like, we have to update that. You know, the whole my my Neil's a manager thing. We have to update it anyway, but ooh. If ever it was apt, it was for this week, yeah. wasn't it? It was really. Well, he won't apt be for very much week. longer, will he? Mm, goodness. Yeah. What's up with her? Like she speaks but, to him like his shite.
4: I know she really does, and so that she'd be on a she'd be she'd be given a verbal warning for that. Mm. She could be fired for doing what she did for climbing up the thing with no one even footing the ladder. Mm. Um. Neil is dead hot on maintenance and things like that. He's much more comfortable cleaning out gutters himself than he is doing conference calls. So why he would have left that, I don't know. Um, and also, she was in charge. If she said that guttering's been been overflowing for months, she was in charge then because mm. she took over for a little bit, didn't she?
2: Uh, y- yes, she did. You're completely right.
4: You know, it's just it's just bollocks and, and I don't like it.
2: Mm. I have no idea where this storyline is going other than it's excruciatingly delicious to watch, to watch, to listen to the tension between the pair of them. It's just, it's horrible. I wouldn't put up with it if I was Neil, uh. but I do like listening to it. I just think, what a cow. You just think, what a cow. Even if she has the odd little point every now and then, she just goes way over the top and she just doesn't like him. And Beryl needs to send him off on a management course because he needs to develop a bit of a backbone and she yeah. needs a bit of a slap down, you know. But it's, but it's awesome to listen to. I, I, I love it. I don't know where it's going though.
4: But that was a serious point in the, in the that was a serious point. <laughs> that was a serious point in the monologue. He has literally gone from wandering around a field shoveling pig shit to mm. all of a sudden being in charge of of people. And it's not something that, you know, you have you learn that and you learn it by by watching your own boss or watching other people do it.
3: Mm. You
4: don't you it's not an innate skill that you just have that when you suddenly find yourself catapulted into senior management that you're able to do that. Um, it's, you know, he, he hasn't, he hasn't had a boss for a long, 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 long time. He's way out of date with management techniques and things like that. You know, can you imagine him doing an appraisal? Just sitting there going, well, I think it's going all right, isn't
2: it? <laughs> you know, be bloody
4: hopeless. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. i
2: news going with Neil, right? I, it's not senior management. He's in middle management, isn't he? He's in middle management. But And the other thing is with Neil, Neil has great interpersonal skills. we've got skills. no
4: idea how many people work at Barrow, do we?
2: Hmm. You know, when Barrow was set up, when Rob yeah. was there, actually it was said at one point because, you know, Rob was the big I am at Barrow. There was this whole thing about how many people were in the operation, but I cannot remember the number. Cosmo! Cosmol, no. (laughs) You know, uh, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, interesting. He does uh, their
4: payroll, that's why.
2: (laughs) Yeah, most most probably. Uh, You know what? I enjoyed that episode at Lower Loxley. I really did. I just, I enjoyed every inch of that. And here's a question for you. Why do you think Lily... Why do you think Russ, sorry, has... Russ got slapped
4: down a few times, didn't he?
2: Yes, he did. But why do you think he hasn't started divorce proceedings? What's your theorem?
4: Because he's not sure. He's not sure enough yet whether or not he's actually got a future with Lily. Whether or not she likes him enough. Because Mm. men like Russ need to be... They don't just need to be liked. They need to be hero-worshipped. And... He has kind of, she's seen him for what he is several times now, which means that for him the honeymoon period is over and, you know, it's not, it's not a goer anymore, which you can mm. tell by the sort of the sniping and the whatever else. I mean, she's, she's, the novelty of him is clearly wearing off for her.
2: But how long have they been together as a couple now? It's been a year and a bit. It was a few months before she went to Manchester Maybe eighteen months. Let's just say, and it's been yeah. one year of sniping. Yeah. So
4: it's eighteen months. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's just the way that they operate together. Yeah. You know.
4: Mm. Oh God, I hope not. That would be miserable if she's if she's not sort of uh, starry eyed enough yet at her age to think, oh well, I'll just settle for that lump. Bloody hell. <laughs>
2: Lucy, you know what we're doing? What? We is a We're doing dumpty dummy
4: bits because the flipping
2: okay. um, but thinking's like, going
4: down. But yes.
2: But like the listeners won't realise that because by the magic of editing and by my skillful expert hands, right, it'll be seamless as far as they're concerned. But what we are doing mm. is not including the great universe, the planet, the galaxy of dumby dum listeners in on our conversation about the archers. So I think it's time right. I did a little bit of this.
3: Hello, Average3962.
2: First off, it's a woman that christened me Grouty. It's Red Agnes.
3: Greetings, Grouty, (laughs) Snotmeister and the Dumpty Dumblings. Red Agnes here from Oop North. (laughs) Royfield Brown, you have selective hearing. Grouty was intended as a term of endearment uh, about you holding it all together. A bit like mortar or sellotape or the string in a wind chime. Any road, Basil the pig, he (laughs) should be writing to Jennifer for some advice. She's great at that. Or Rex should consult Jazza because he's a pig whisperer. It's been a really interesting week. Will is back to his usual, arrogant, obnoxious best. I bloody hate that man. Uh, Just while you were musing about class, it struck me that class is just a posh metaphor for breeding stock. The whole of the arches is about cows or indeed humans and um, getting the best for the next generation. By the way, suddenly struck me that every Sunday morning the theme tune is that little jiggy thing, which is different. And... Not yes. Percy Filth intended here. Does anyone else have a f- tradition of doing a horizontal jig in bed to the Sunday morning archer theme? No? Just All right,
2: Wow. I
4: love that idea. Bed dancing. Very good. Um, yes, the Omnibus uh, theme tune is different to the Week
2: theme tune. Mm-hmm. I know not why. Yes, I know not why either. Uh, but yes... It is different.
4: Will has made a startlingly rapid uh, recovery to being a prick again. Um, and all this business, biz- <laughs> I mean, Clary's crackers. I know she's trying to protect him, but for God's sake, can I do your washing? Can I, you know, he's nearly 40, oh, pouring his flipping tea out, and he's just sitting there lapping it all up. I like being looked after. Ooh. Um but yeah, I know I know Clary's just gone into overdrive because she doesn't know what else to do. But oh God, he doesn't have to, you know, sort of um be quite so enthusiastic about it You know, well, just sitting there while she sort of trundles round him. Ugh, horrible. Well, horrible Will, man.
2: stupid man. Will does like women waiting on him hand and foot, doesn't he? That's yeah. his uh Well he said I didn't realise
4: what hard work it was. And she said, Oh what living where you're reminded of Nick? And there was a sort of pause, and he said, Yeah. And I thought, No, you don't mean that. You mean it's hard work looking after children. That's what mm. you didn't realise it and running a house. You know, that's what you didn't, that's, that's what you've just realised is actually hard work.
5: Mm.
2: Yeah, true. Couldn't agree with you more, Ah oh, Lucy. Uh, in terms of endearment. Somebody says that, like, you're, oh, you're gold, you are. That's a proper term of endearment because gold is awesome. Isn't it? Gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's a precious metal, right? <laughs> but thank you, Red Agnes. Right, I'm wearing my new name with pride. Don't worry, it's all over the Flick app and also on the Twitters. Uh, now it's Dan John the Seventh. Oh, I haven't heard from him in quite some time. Hello, it's Dan John Seventh here, uh, calling about expertise. Um, I've noticed in the archers there's quite a lot of things that Friends of mine or myself have expert knowledge of, for example, school curriculums and grant giving processes and art commissioning and the price of beer in pubs across the country. And the archer seems to be getting it wrong more often than not. So I'm wondering how many experts they employ if they can phone someone up to ask about scones. Why can't they get big things right? It uh, <laughs> made me think after that call last week who was talking about the uh, surrogacy storyline and how wrong they were getting that. Anyway, yeah. uh, I do have to say, uh, positive Archers this week is that it has given rise to a new phrase in our family which is as popular as an abattoir in a county full of farmers. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> There's some like technical that. issues there. All right, as well as timing ones. But nice to hear from you, Dan. Uh, expertise on the arches.
4: well they just have the agricultural correspondent don't they the rest of it's a bit ad hoc Um, Mm. they did go through that for a long time they wouldn't talk about the price of anything would they Mm. because because it would prompt so many people to go am I you don't pay that for that. So, um, you know, they'd say, you'd have this situation in the bull where they'd say, here you go, here are your drinks. That will be some money, please. And then the person says, <laughs> okay, here is some money. And they say, okay, and here is a little smaller bit of money back again. Thank you. And it was kind of all completely unrealistic compared with what you'd actually uh, do in a pub. But, but I do find myself listening out for prices. Mm. You know, when they say, that would be, you know, two pints of shires. That would be 520, David, please. And I'm thinking, oh, so that's how much a pint of shires is. And, yeah. you know, inheritances and stuff, they're now actually saying how much money people are getting rather than this sort of unspecified sum. And the most you know is that it is big or small. That's it. Um, uh. So I think they've kind of, they've they've sort of progressed on that bit, but I suppose they can't you have to just take some things as um you know as red don't you you just have to assume that people aren't going to be about that yeah i mean but the surrogacy storyline is a hell of a big one to get to get mm. did they really get that wrong
2: wrong though i don't know if they got it wrong wrong but initially my i couldn't suspend disbelief because the fact that um She's come in from Bulgaria, from nowhere, barely knows them from Adam, quite literally doesn't know them uh-huh. from Adam. Uh-huh. Uh, and two months later, best friends, yeah, I'll have a baby for you. And yeah. then and the, so that just stretched credulity. So and then the, then then there's the whole kind of separation of the surrogate mother because it does create confusion you, and go, go, going for going on. Uh, Yeah, in the future. And she's going to she's going to plan to live in Ambridge. That just made no sense. And we we said that back last year. However, you know, you do have the odd occasional sister that will be a surrogate for a a brother and and a sister-in-law. You know, so, but Um. ah, I don't know. The whole thing for me was a nonsense storyline. And I'm sure if there's a surrogacy expert, they would have, um, well, I'd like to think they would, they would have um, advised against having a character who was so close physically to the potential parents, you know, they said, no, Mm. she needs to be in another town, another village. Anyway, but I think also we have (laughs) to give them a certain... Them being the script writers, editors, etc., a certain latitude for dramatic license that everything can't be, you know, nailed on. You know, the very fact that they have village meetings as part of a dramatic narrative and they play out through a whole episode, right? Now, the village meetings are dull as they are, but they just about managed <laughs> to make them, uh, you know. Enjoyable isn't quite the word that I would use, but maybe palatable for us the listener. So yeah. they have to cut the odd corner, they have to amp things up a little, they have to dispense away with some of the the nuance and the detail of how real situations, how real things work, and just keep you know some some kind of artifice of you know of reality to do the specific subject. Yeah. we have to give them that, Dan John. I think you've been a stickler and a pedant uh, to be pulling them up on things like school curriculums. However, um, you have a slight point. and And it must be annoying if you are an expert in a specific field and then you know that they're playing somewhat fast and loose. But for the rest of us, for the other 99% of us, we don't bloody know. and it, And it sounds plausible. So yeah. it sounds plausible. I think you've got to... Well, it's just...
4: only when it's things that you know about, isn't it? That exactly. If if one of yeah. them suddenly decided to, you know, start doing a podcast, then you'd think, uh, really? <laughs> 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 That's not how you do that. So, yeah, it's just that, isn't it? Uh, it's just it's when, it's, when it's what you know. But there's something gleeful as well about watching them, about listening to, to, to them doing uh, something all sort of wrong, really. Uh-huh. And, and Yeah, there's something quite nice about that in itself, really. Suspension of disbelief.
2: Very true. Now, you know what I've forgotten to do with this next caller, Lucy? Record it. What? Uh, no, um, I've forgotten to put on his theme tune, which uh, gives away Uh-oh. who it is.
0: Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko, Baron, all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Tonight, I'm commiserating with Lucy, as I have my first cold in a long time. Uh-huh. I think related to um. the stress of returning from holiday and getting back into the swing of things in life... And in all things, archers. So, two characters to discuss this week. First, Justin. It seems like the scriptwriters decided to make a turn again and return him to the misanthropic, calculating businessman he started out as, as opposed to the somewhat softer character he had been evolving into. Hmm. I'm not buying into the fact that he would have misled David and the others like that. I think he would have had more sense than to recklessly risk his relationship with Lillian's relatives and especially with the Local business community. And what kind of business judgment is Justin showing in impulsively attempting to buy a property to turn into an office building without some sort of financial projection planning, especially with the likely post Brexit recession to come? Now he doesn't have a building and everyone is pissed off at him. So now let's turn to Justin's common law sister in law, Jennifer. I agree with what Royfeld said last week regarding her. If Lexi had been a Brit, I don't think Jennifer would have worried about her taking her namesake baby away. It was all about the fear of the outsider. A point I wanted to add is that the scriptwriters did a good job of signposting all of this a long time ago. Remember two summers ago when Lexi was cleaning the caravans and Jennifer was acting all elitist and hostile toward her? I wonder if they had all of this planned out back then. Anyway, I do like Lexi and hope she stays. It will be an interesting dynamic with Adam and Ian, and I do think that Roy and she make a good couple and should be together. No, they don't. Talk to you all soon. Yes.
4: Yes, they do.
2: They don't.
4: Hurrah for Witherspoon. <laughs> well, Apart I'll from he's how... wrong
2: about Justin. No, well, um, No, I think. Okay, why is he wrong about Justin?
4: Because Justin doesn't, for Justin, business is more important than Lillian. It's more important than anything. <clears throat> and he just thinks, I will do it and then I will charm my way out of it later or buy my way out of it. That's what he's always done. Mm. And totally agree that Jennifer's thing is the fear of the outsider. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely, absolutely.
4: Well, and, I, I, and I, also, uh, yes, that Roy and Lexi should be together.
2: Oh, God. No, they shouldn't. Like yes. the man's as dull as ditch water, right? Don't understand the whole point of him on the whole thing, right? He doesn't have—I was going to say—he doesn't have an antagonist, but he does. It's Kate. But even then, like they—they they rub along quite well together now. Like he's just—you know—justin and Lillian? No, Roy. You said you said Lexie and Roy should be together, and I said no, he shouldn't. He's rubbish. Is dollars ditch water, mm-hmm. and then I tried to do a quick mental mind map of his relationships in the village. You know, so David Archer, the character of David Archer, can sometimes be a little bit uh, plodding, can be, but then he has a great, he has these great fights set twos with his brother Kenton, right? So K- David's antagonist is Kenton. Right, then he has yeah. an interesting yeah. relationship with Josh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Roy has no interesting relationships with anybody. <laughs> when yeah. when the character of Roy Tucker comes on to your radio, you just go, "Kirsty, oh he
4: has an interesting, he has an interesting
2: friends. They're just nice. They are just nice together. Think well, about nice it, is all right, isn't it? Well, it's a drama." We want, fundamentally, we want nice, but we don't want nice all the time. We want some drama occasionally. Roy Tucker, the character of Roy Tucker, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but the character of Roy Tucker doesn't supply you with anything, you know, unsuspected. Um, Anything which you go, ooh, you know, nothing at all. Like Ruth and uh, Pip, tremendous. Forget the rights and the wrongs, but they're having a little bit of a dust up right now. And you know there's always been a tiny, weeny, whiny little bit of needle between, between the pair, just like mm. there is between David and Josh. And you can go on through all of the characters, like Kate and Brian. we a Kate with everybody, really, right? Uh, but like, there's gold, whether it's comedy gold, whether it's dramatic gold, whether it's needle, misunderstanding, whatever. Roy Tucker brings nothing to the party. Trust me on this. I don't want it with my Lexi. I don't want it, Lucy. Right. Because he shouldn't be in Ambridge anymore. I'll tell you the wrong Tucker left. Anyway, uh, but where Witherspoon is right is to say that I was right last week. So, I, you know, thumbs up for you agreeing with me. Because <laughs> that's most excellent. You're so shallow. I am. I am. Um, and just very quickly, I got an email uh, from Witherspoon uh, today. Uh, two emails first one saying i hope my call isn't too late and no it wasn't because there you go it's on the show and the other one was him apologizing yet again for not being able to come to birmingham live to Dum dum live in birmingham uh folks it's just an excuse for me to say it's november the 9th uh it's 12 english pounds per ticket sorry british pounds uh per ticket and it's gonna be great value and 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 don't hold me to this, folks, but I'm just going to say this. We might have an extra special guest on stage. Nothing's confirmed, but we might. And, and, if, and if we land this person, um, that'll be so awesome uh, that I'll expect yeah. a massive bump in ticket sales. But it's £12 per ticket. And don't forget, uh, there is dinner at the pitch and piano afterwards. Followed by uh drinks at the gin vaults, just round the corner from there. Uh so Saturday, November the ninth. And with a spoon, uh next year, when we uh when we schedule it in, we'll make sure that uh, it accommodates your diary, sir. Because I think everyone would love to see you at Dum Dum Live. Yeah. And maybe you can do your call on stage. That'd be awesome. Uh now, Lucy, shall we have another call?
4: Yes. Who thought?
2: Uh, this is David.
6: Hello, Lucy. Hello, Roy Field. David here now, second <laughs> time caller in a. Um, uh, so I feel blooded and no longer virginal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although when I called the first <laughs> time, um, like many first timers, I neglected to tell you where I was from, and in this instance, I am I am mostly from Fife, although not always. Um, I wanted uh-huh. to call with. A, a thing i like i because last time i was more on things i didn't like but i like tracy Horribin. i think she's brilliant i think she's the best character at the moment uh, she's funny and she punctures pomposity i loved the dinner with russ and elizabeth and lily um she's wicked and i hope that um this all carries on but it did occur to me that we don't know where she lives and i would like to i did some googling and she lives on number six the green but we never visit it you know we never I, I want to know more about her mm. children and her life and um what what the horribin household is like i imagine leopard skin um the other thing I want to say is the rewilding continues to drive me berserk. I did a little bit of thinking and uh, about how old Ambridge is. We know it goes back to Saxon times because of the Church of Saint Stephen's, but the the name Am, the river Am, it, it possibly comes from a Norse word uh, meaning bank, so that would take it back to, uh, uh, to round, further back. But also Hayden. Barrow, the name Hayden Barrow implies that maybe there was a barrow burial ground there, and that would mean that people had been inhabiting this area since Neolithic times, since three and a half thousand years ago. So that's how far back you have to go before it's possible that it was wild in Ambridge. So put that in your pipe, Pip, and smoke it. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoying the show. Bye bye. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he really sounds like somebody oh, His voice He really really sounds like A comedian And it's on the tip of my tongue And I just can't think who it was I'm going to have to listen to that again Off air and try and work out who it was Because it's going to drive me nuts uh, Otherwise
2: oh, whilst, whilst you're doing that I You know what the most intriguing thing To me about that call is I want to what? know Where else he lives so this mostly, mostly five, in five, but not yes, completely. No,
4: mm. it's... Yes. There's there's a little bit of... Um, Mystery. Uh, ambiguity Intrigue. there that's quite... Yeah. Yes.
2: Shiftiness, Luce. Shiftiness.
4: Mm. <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh.
2: <laughs> Can we trust this man? I'm not so sure. ah <laughs> <laughs> uh. I've never been to Fife. I'd like to go one day.
1: Hmm.
4: Me, neither. He's right, though, about the rewilding. What a load of bollocks. It's farming country. Oh, honestly. Mm. Anyway, we can't go through all that again, can we? Because we got all cross about it last week. Well, I did anyway.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, exactly. What a it's load of much more you than nonsense. me.
4: And Cosmo hasn't told us how you actually make any flipping money out of it, has he?
2: No. Cosmo, come on. Pull your finger out, mush. Like, Cosmo hasn't done much recently, has he? Other than do plot summaries for every episode.
4: Apart from that, he's messing around, travelling the globe, having a nice time. That's what he's doing, the git.
2: Right then, Lucy, shall we move on from Shifty David, the man not to be trusted?
4: (laughs) With his alternative identity.
2: (laughs) Yes, we've met your sort. Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) Here's to someone who's much more trustworthy because she's a woman of the cloth, don't you know? It's our Mia up in Newcastle.
1: Hi, Royfield, Lucy and all dumpty-dum peeps around the world. This is Mia in Newcastle calling. Um, Just wanted to say that I had the utter joy the other day of meeting Emerald O'Hanrahan, who plays Emma Grundy, um, and her husband, Martin Delaney they're a married couple I met them in my sort of professional capacity they're both Catholics and they do youth work in their parish down in South London and they were up doing a talk for, for the young people up in Newcastle they were both utterly lovely I had a nice little chat with Emerald I was very professional and grown up and didn't ask her for any plot spoilers or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, she's, she's very lovely. And she said that um, she really enjoys Dumpty Dum as well. Um, because I said I heard her interview with you, Roy Field, uh, a couple of years ago. And um, she was singing your praises. Ooh. And uh, it was just a, a very lovely thing. And I did tweet out a photo. So thanks, everyone. And uh, have a lovely week. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye-bye, Mia. I saw the photo. Hmm. Yes. Me too. Look Very nice. See emerald is lovely. I'm sure Martin oh, is too. Isn't, isn't but she just... Her. Well, I don't know her really, but...
2: <laughs> you don't know her. I just her like to you. pretend.
4: No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. I spoke mm-hmm. to her. Uh, that counts.
2: Yeah, well, no, it's true. And recently married, isn't she? They yes. just got hitched yes. uh, in the summer in Italy.
4: Yes. As I seem to remember. Rome, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't get more Catholic than getting married in Rome, can you? That's kind of straight to the source of Catholic things. Well done, well done. uh Right, so that's that's our Mia, just bragging basically, wasn't she? Being <laughs> yeah, just like you know? she just up, show <laughs> just off. Like... Then she sotted off. Thanks, Mia. I've been, I've been hanging out with an artist actor. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Well done, Mia. Uh, Now, Lucy, do we have uh, any emails or anything else to follow up with before we go into an advertisement break? Do. Vicky Cole is very disappointed
4: she's not going to be in in, uh, UK for the Brighton meetup because apparently they're meeting right next to her brother's office. Um, And she said, please, can you have another one when she's back? So you tell us when you're back and we will sort something out, Vicky.
2: Um, Well, Well, you know what needs to happen, Lucy? Vicky we all need to, to speak go to, Sri Lanka. to Witherspoon. Well, yes. Well, that's not really going to yes. happen. That's not practicable now, is it? No. Okay. So if yeah. Witherspoon yeah. So speaks Vicky to, to Vicky, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm, they coordinate their diaries, then put it yeah. back to us, right? Yeah. Then yeah. we'll get it all sorted. Yes. Yeah, we'll
4: do that. Yes. Simple. Uh, I like the way we right. say we'll, we'll get it all sorted as if we're that good at organisation. But anyway, uh, <laughs> next we have... Um, Uh, Kitty, who says, "Uh, am I the only one feeling intense anxiety as soon as I hear Hannah's voice? It is genuinely on a level with the stomach churn I'd get at the sound of Rob Titchener's malevolent tones. Hannah is truly awful, so much so if I hear she's in the episode next time, I will probably skip the whole thing. I don't want to hear her ruining Neil's life. Why, Hannah, why do you hate him so much? Sort your shit out, woman, and leave him alone! (laughs) Um, the storyline with Adam and Ian people are so protective of Neil the storyline with Adam and Ian's baby though is really interesting can I confirm if anyone knows was Lexi the surrogate or was it her egg too it's all stuff I don't know much about and it's interesting to learn and a big fan of all things Tracy. She's grown such a brilliant character. More Tracy, less Hannah, please. I'm in Birmingham on the 9th of November for my niece's 15th birthday. She says, I'm hoping to sneak off for the live podcast. Are there still tickets? Yes, there are. Kitty, get a move on. It would be lovely to see you. Um, it wasn't, uh, I believe, uh, Lexi was the surrogate and it was not her egg. I think they chose an egg from somebody and it was Adam's sperm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that is spot on the money, Lucy. Yes, right. And yes. Uh, uh, last call. Wait a minute. What? One second. I was going to say something. Sorry, sorry there, but sorry, now you've sorry, really, sorry. really, really like kicked me off kilter. Anyway, it's gone. It's gone. I've had a okay. senior moment, as they say over here. Right. It's gone. Thank you for that, Lucy. No problem,
4: uh, Paul Robinson. Uh, who said, Roy mm-hmm. in This week's podcast. You mentioned how you skip the first thirty seconds of the Archers podcasts. Well, I regret to say, I now normally skip about fifteen minutes of the Dumpty Dumb podcast. <gasps> Paul, are you Paul Robinson from Neighbours? Anyway, a few years ago, you I restricted exactly the caller the in. Same thing, <laughs> as I am imagining him. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, you restricted the caller in for a two minute call. Actually, that was me because the podcasts were getting too long. Do you realise you have now taken that save time? to use to go off on non-Archers-related musings. This week, Trudeau and the Black and White Minstrel Show, which I couldn't understand that show either, he says. Personally, I would prefer to hear more caller and Archers-related discussion than non-Archers' conversation. I shall now don my tin hat for all the flack that will come my way from other listeners. Other than that, I love the show and look forward to each edition. Keep the good work. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Royfield, do you mm. have any response? Or are you going to wait for your army of admirers to come cantering to your defense? No,
2: you know, shut your cake hole. Right. Folks, (laughs) Lucy and I had fisticuffs via email about whether this email should be be read out. And I pulled rank (laughs) Because I said he was frankly attention seeking. (laughs) No. Well, you did say that. But yes, I, I said, stop it. Don't, stop being a poo pants. We have to be able to have the have emails on, which are mildly critical. It wasn't if the bloke said, fuck off. It's f- it's shit what you do. Right. He was. His tone was actually quite nice. And it's a fair comment as to the reasons why. Um, and it's generally it's me, not always me, but it's generally it's me that goes off on a tangent. Though I would say that my tangents generally, not always, have bear, have a starting off point, which is the archers. Though the black and white minstrel show was you saying, Roy the racist. Oh, yeah, there you go. Starting off point. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Right. That's that's where it came from. And and I think and this we ha- I have said this before. And I. And it's not to everyone's liking and to everyone's taste. But this is a podcast as opposed to a radio show. And there is no fixed length. And fundamentally, a podcast differs from a radio show in two regards. No fixed length and intimacy. And I think the intimacy thing is, is really important. And if you look at the reviews that we get on iTunes, Or sorry, Apple Podcasts as it's now called. People say repeatedly, I feel like I'm in a pub (coughs) with two friends and I'm overhearing them speak. Mm. And 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 that is one of them's gone to the loo and the other
4: one's just talking to himself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Very well done. <laughs> <laughs> and so the most natural conversations do meander okay do i sometimes put things in this i absolutely know i'm going to say before i me- we meander to a point at which i we can comfortably leap off and go onto that topic absolutely and do i have things i want to get off my chest yes you'd be right but i think the format of a podcast does lend itself to the odd topic going off, and I think I've said this before um, on um, on one of one of the podcasts that listeners should feel that they know Lucy and I. Whether they do or not is actually a different thing, but they should feel like they do. So, you know, we hear Lucy's kids uh, walk on mic, and we don't cut that out and uh, in the editing process because it. Heightens the because level we of intimacy. To. Here okay. I, no, Lucy, it's deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, there's method Ooh, okay. in my sloppiness. Right. Yeah. Okay. There is method in my sloppiness because when I do ten American presidents, and I've just released one yesterday, Young Lincoln Part Two, uh, that took God, how long did it take me to edit that? I'm going to say twenty hours worth of editing, okay. And when his missus came in with a cup of coffee. I cut it out. It would not be appropriate right. on a podcast about Abraham Lincoln in Springfield no. in 1839. Travis and Mrs. come in and say, Oi, Jonathan, <laughs> do you want a cup of coffee? You know, yes. he's saying, Just put it there on the side. I'm just doing my podcast with Royfield. Right. So, into Mrs. said, Thank you as well, dear. You know what? They were a model of marital rectitude and harmony. You know, they're right. very polite with each other and then she shuffled out again. All right. Anyway, getting off this point, because this is not what you like, because you just want to hear about the archers. So I'm going to get off this point now. Intimacy, feeling like you know the presenters is of uh, vital importance. Hence, Lucy's kids, I talk about mine, talk about travel. Hopefully, for most people, most of the time that goes to enhance their listening experience, listening experience of dumpty dumpty. But I take your point, sir. We don't do every show, but we do do it um, every now and then where we go off-piece. And generally, it is me. Uh, Now, Lucy, uh, is it time for the adverts? Yes, I believe it is. All right. Cool. Right, folks. Well, it's that time where... Oh, bloody hell. You might hear Harrison now do a Brexit ad. Ooh. Harrison's been doing Brexit ads. Have you not seen that? Yes. Yeah. And strictly speaking, not even strictly speaking, I don't want to take the government shilling when it comes to uh, a hard Brexit and us Mm. tumbling out and stuff. You know, we didn't put the ads there, the agency puts them there. So if this is Harrison about to do a Brexit ad to all of that, right, uh, I wish we could send the money back. Anyway, if not, really do apologise. And the next voice you'll hear is our Yokel Bears.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
5: Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. And this week's roundup is got a theme, which is awful people in Ambridge. Because that's basically what we're going to be talking about is... Um, Because there was lots of awful people last week. So let's start with our first awful person. Yes, it's the obsessive Jenny Darling. We said at the beginning of the week, Jenny's ears really pricked up when she heard Ian's doubts. You know, she she saw that as validation. But we were asking, you know, where will this lead to? Will it lead to a wedge between Ian and Adam? Emma Louise Woodhouse said, though, about Ian... Corian seems to be having the normal emotional reaction of becoming a parent and learning to function on broken sleep but I can see that Jenny will exploit it rather than helping. Melissa Williams said Brian needs to up his game and gag her not literally surely Melissa um <laughs> though you know I wish you'd just stop speaking sometimes um and she also says um Jenny Darling is being more emotional than the three parents combined. And I think that's right. She went into overdrive. Leslie Daly said, It's far more likely to drive a wedge between Adam and Jennifer. Ian was tired and emotional, but realised quickly that Jenny's behaviour was more than inappropriate. And yeah, later on the week with Brian, which we'll get onto in a minute, Brian kind of trying to pale flexy. um, Yeah, I think Ian certainly is beginning to see through what's going on. Cara McAdam asks, "Um, was Jenny under pressure to give Adam up when he was born out of wedlock? Is she retrospectively projecting onto Lexi or something? Well, actually, um, Drew Hamilton thinks that Jenny is projecting something and that's a bit of bigotry. He says, I think in Jennifer's mind, Lexi is Eastern European, which equals gypsy, which equals we'll steal your baby. Yeah, and thinking back actually, there was a bit of that when do you remember when Lexi and Jenny first got to know each other when they were cleaning the caravans after the pickers left? Yeah, I can remember then that Jenny was not exactly the most um non-bigoted person. I think she's got some very stereotypical views of, of Lexi. And I think that may be playing out here. Now, this was all bookended by Brian's cack-handed attempt to try and essentially pay Lexi off. You know, we can get you a job. Do you want some money? Now, some people didn't actually agree with that uh, interpretation. Heidi has said, actually, I thought Lexi was angling for a financial contribution. Now, honestly, Heidi, I didn't hear that myself, but maybe that's because I'm a big Lexi fan. So maybe I'm listening through rose-tinted ears. Can you get rose-tinted ears? Um. Anyway. And Leanne Martin said, I don't think what Lexi wants to go back. At first, when she thought Brian was talking about a job nearby, she was interested. I think Jenny's suspicions might be valid. Yeah, I guess it's a possibility, but really, you know, I love Lex so much. You can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Please don't let me down, Lexi. Bonnie Colville-Hyde made a wider point about the Aldridges and said, I don't know how the Aldridges are successful. They seem incompetent boobs at best of time. Brian was a twit and he clearly not thought things through. Lexi deserved to be pissed off with them all now. I'll tell you how they're successful, Bonnie. They've got money, they're just like that's the reason they're the they're the moneyed people um and everything just seems to fall into their laps even with the um chemical spill you know brian got off really lightly melissa williams says a happy wife is a happy life so brian's desperate and emma butterfield Emma, you're a woman after my own heart. She just said, I just would have taken the cash. (laughs) Yeah, probably so would I as well. I mean, because like Christmas is coming. Anyway, Brian was our awful person number two of this roundup. Let's go on to number three. Yes, it's the return of Hannah. The Hannah Horror made an appearance this week. We asked, how has Hannah got away with speaking so insolently to a manager for so long? Justine Janey says this is not the first time Hannah's been undermined, uh, undermined Neil with Justin. When Neil was ill, she managed to get the message across that uh, Neil is just not up to the job, and now she's just reinforcing it. All Justin heard was the gutters didn't get cleared and the potholes hadn't been fixed. Um, so, yeah, basically, Justine finishes by saying um, she predicts that she'll have Neil's job by Christmas. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a kind of, there's something coming with Justin Justin and Neil, and I think Hannah's cunning enough to make this work for her, which is absolutely terrible because like, you know, Neil's lovely, but then again, is he management material? A few people mentioned his inability to delegate. Uh, Fiona Crawford said, seeing as she is picking up on these things, I don't understand why he hasn't delegated the task to getting them fixed to her. That's what I would have done. He said, okay, well, you know, this needs doing. Off you go, Hannah. You're very efficient. Get it sorted. Then it becomes her problem. But that said about Neil, most people agreed that Hannah's attitude as Jacqueline Ann said her attitude sucks. Neil needs to play it smart now and get her out through the disciplinary route uh, before she gets him sacked. Gillian Corrigan said he's not used to people acting so disrespectfully around him and he's unsure how to handle it. Whether Neil has got the has done his job well or not is not the point. Hannah should be reprimanded for insubordination. Inter- and Gillian also clarified, she said, I'm also a union rep, so usually on the workers' side. Um, so, which I think says how bad Hannah is. Um, however, Jed Robinson said, She seems quite an unhappy person, can't help but pity her. And Leslie Daly said, Yes, there seems to be a few hints of a sad past. But Joe Edwards took uh, a bit of a uh, a more hard line when she said, "Um, yeah, but she's so vile and hard-faced, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, Hannah has that effect on me. Anyway, that's our awful person number three, Hannah. So who's going to be number four? It's Russ. Again, we saw the the return of Russ and his snobbery this week. Um, A timely reminder of what a dick he is. But people were loving how Tracy gave it back. Melissa Williams said, Tracy was amazeball. She dished it right back at Russ with Lily Riding Shotgun. My kind of Sunday roast. Julie Lindsay said, when will Lily come to her senses and dump that sponge Russ? Get rid of the leech, but please don't try it on with mummy. Okay, let's, Julie, we're not going there because, oh my God, I need to get the mind bleach out. No, Lizzie and Russ. Oh God, shudder. Also, just to finish up, our next um, awful person isn't a person. It's um, what some people have been describing as an awful app. Because if you go over to our Facebook page, there's been quite a lot of discussion about this soundscape thing that was released. Um, I'm really glad it wasn't just like Brian snoring or something like that. Um, But there's been a bit of kind of, you know, um, views saying that the BBC have done this. Just to try and get everyone to um, sign up for the Sounds app. And the Sounds app is not universally popular, I would say. There's quite a few views on there. So go and have a look at that. Um, So it's quite an interesting discussion. But I'm going to finish with a nice person this week. Or, well, not even a person. Let's give it up for Basil. Because I'm going to say this now. They're not thinking about this the right way. There's only one answer. Basil is an out and proud gay pig. Yes. Actually that sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? You know what I mean anyway. Anyway, you live your life, you do you, Basil. Um because, you know, just just don't like them. You don't like the lady pigs. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure there's a lovely male pick out there for you. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to go. So thank you very much. This has been the social media roundup for the week. And
2: uh, <coughs> so thank you for that, Yokel Bear. And I'll just say thank on behalf of Lucy as well, but she's too busy coughing. Uh, Lucy, compose yourself and give us some mirror headlines, please.
4: Uh, Jonathan Harley sent me one uh, from the mirror. Russian man sues Apple for making him gay,
2: and another one from the Mirror. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Was it Apple the company? Apple the company, not
4: an Apple. No, Apple the company.
2: I really want him to sue an Apple. Just, just, (laughs) just, just whilst whilst we're here, right. How is he claiming that Apple turned him into
4: a homosexual? Uh, because apparently he, they paid him in gay Bitcoin for something and he then felt compelled to spend oh, it. Oh, Jesus.
2: <laughs> 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 what, on Grinder or something? What, something is... <laughs> like that,
4: yes. I, didn't, I, I was too busy giggling oh, to God. pay attention to the story. Now. Uh, second one All was right. from the Mirror. Mum orders mm-hmm. baby's first birthday guests to abstain from sex so no one turns up. <laughs> She was a Christian mother and uh, mm-hmm. she did not believe that people who were not married should not she believed that people who were not married should not have sex, she believes this and mm-hmm. she didn't want anybody tainted with sex to come to her child's first birthday party so she said could they please abstain from sex for two weeks before the party and one week after and no one turned up <laughs> <laughs> The fact that anybody would willingly know anybody that crazy, kind of... Anyway, <coughs> there we are. <coughs>
2: mm. Would you like uh, to uh, Where did now? all this happen? Uh, no, well, just uh, a little point of clarification. I'm guessing this all happened in the deep south of America.
4: It was that land that is ruled by the man of great and infinite wisdom, or however it was. He's uh. just described himself <laughs> the raving lunatic. Anyway. Oh, mm. dear. Um, right. Tweets of the week. Andy Welch.
2: Yes, please. The mm-hmm. age
4: old story of two men, one woman, and an abattoir. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: Ian, Ruth or Ian. Hashtag the archers. We are all listening to pigs not having sex on the radio, and they say the license fee isn't value for money. Ambridge um, Anarchist. Lads, I'm bidding furiously on the abattoir. eBay's going mad. Uh, John Porter, pine a pint there's a joke here about a hungry baby and a couple of entirely useless tips. and do the right thing
2: (laughs) oh that made me laugh sorry (laughs) dear
4: Dear Toby and Rex re the pig sex problem answer you have to get into the pig's head like David Cameron Uh! and tweet of the week is from Loma Lindy who is a genuine practicing uh, lawyer had an accident that wasn't your fault because you couldn't see a pothole because you were carrying a massive ladder because you were being a cow? Call anyone but me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Very good.
2: Well done. Oh. Right. Uh, folks, this has been one of those episodes. Hopefully for you it's been uh, one of the good ones, but for us at our end, it's been another nightmare. Technical hitches galore, so I'm quite happy, Lucy, that we're uh, we're winding things down now. So it's time for me to uh, just remind everybody that can get their tickets to Dum Dum Live on November the 9th. Uh, that's a Saturday in Birmingham, which is the centre of England, and you can come along at two o'clock to the Town Hall and see myself, Lucy, Angela Barnes, Yokel Bear, and uh, Susie Rudell. And Robart, yes, and of course Susie Rudell, uh, aka Tracy Horabin, will be on stage doing our thing, and uh, it also it will double up as the Dum Dee Dum Awards, the
4: uh, uh, the no, I haven't not yet
2: annual. Well, yes, it's the reason why I said Dum Dee Dum Awards just to mm, prod you. That that's all the prodding I was gonna. I wasn't gonna pointedly say pull your finger out. Freeman. Anyway, so that's Dum Dum Live. Down to dot com. Click the button, get your tickets, uh, and turn up. And uh, also on dum dot com you can also uh go to the shop, buy some swag. And I've got to say uh woo to everybody who's been buying their stuff. I can cle- I can clearly see there's gonna be a whole load of people turning up in Dum Dum t-shirts, uh evening wear and wellies uh for the whole caboodle, <laughs> and that'll be very awesome i won't be because i'm sensible
0: <laughs>
2: however no that's a joke i of course will be joining in the fun uh so that's uh that's dumb go there scar shop uh you can help contribute to keep our show on the road by going onto to patreon.com and if you contribute two American dollars per show, uh, you basically get extra content. Now, we are, our people are speaking uh, to Barry's people, and Barry plays Ed. We're trying to sort out an interview. He said he'd give us one, and we're furiously trying to sort that out. And Lucy is going to sit down with him and conduct that interview. And um, she'll probably do a better job than I always do. But if no. you go onto patreon.com, <clears throat> shush, if you go onto patreon.com, folks, You get all the goodies uh, like that. Uh, The regular hoi polloi, the great unwashed of the dum-de-dum listenership. Don't get that. (laughs) You only get that if you spend $2 per show. Now, if you are part of the great unwashed, uh, why don't you go on to Apple Podcast? Oh, right. Now, I did say this a few weeks ago, that we're going to coordinate this, didn't I? right. So here is the coordination, folks. Write your reviews, please, on Thursday of this week. If you're thinking of doing it on Wednesday, don't. Don't do it on Friday. Do it on Thursday of this week. And we are, I'm going to, it's a little bit of an experiment because we got up to last week number 11 in the iTunes TV and media charts. Uh, We are always bubbling just around about between uh, 11 and 20. And how iTunes works is the it's, uh, downloads and also the velocity, the amount, the speed of reviews that you get. So if we get a whole load of reviews on one day, I think Thursday forward slash Friday, we might tip into that top 10. So please, people, write a review on Apple podcast, but do it on Thursday of this week. And if we can smash into that top 10, it'll make me really happy. I'll do a nude calendar and Lucy can take the pictures. Uh, oh, God, I'll <laughs> people off. No, there'll be no nude calendar. <laughs> I'll keep my clothes on, but it will just make <clears throat> us really happy to get into that top 10 and it will be a proper group effort. Now, Lucy, yes. is there anything uh, in red?
4: Yes, remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can ring us on 0203. to leave a
2: message. Remember, folks, um, this whole big community of Dumbdy Dumbness uh, started from Twitter. Twitter's at the heart of it, and then we've got Facebook, and then we've got the podcast, we've got a website. We've even got the Flick app. Ooh, great things happen with the Flick app. But at the heart of it, it's always Twitter. You can find Yokel Bear masquerading as Lucy and I, calling himself at Dumbdy Dumb, on Twitter. Lucy can be found at... Lucy V Freeman and I can be found at Royfield and of course Angela Barnes is at Angela Barnes and Robert is at Naked Fingers and Yokel Bear is at Yokel Bear it's quite simple uh, now Facebook if you like things Facebook like uh, why don't you go onto that platform type in Dumdy dum and uh, do stuff on there with the other 2,000 odd dum-dee-dummers that, that like that page and uh, Saturdays are a thing to behold There were there uh Saturday non-archers related posts. Uh so those are always good fun. So that's uh with a spoon, Millie Bell and the Yokels. And that's us just about done. Hopefully by next week, Lucy's chest will have recovered so she can go off to Los Angeles and gallivant yes. around uh yes. in the California sun. And uh next week it will be Angela Barnes and Robart uh manning things and uh i think we'll be doing it the week afterwards as well so but don't forget folks uh buy tickets for Dum Dum live on pain of death because if you don't i'll be coming for you uh ottawa <laughs> meetup on the 26th and of course there's a the brighton meetup on october the 12th um anything you'd like to add freeman No, thank you. I don't think so.
4: Can't think of anything.
3: <laughs>
4: um, no, apart from goodbye. Probably that'll do. I'm kind of quite right. loath to embark oh, on anything uh, else in case all the internet collapses again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, talking about internet and things needing uh, collapsing and taking a look at Yoko Bear, you need to look at your equipment, sir, because uh, your call <laughs> Give was it a all over down the shop. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you give it a rub down does it then become a rub up what when you give it a rub down does it then naturally become a rub up yeah
4: why would it become a rub up
2: Okay, All right. That's just dum-de-dum's done for this week. (laughs) Do you not know how the male anatomy works, Lucy?
4: (laughs) I was genuinely talking about Yokel Bear's equipment. I don't know what you were talking about.
2: Mm -hmm. All right. okay. See you all again next week. You'll be in the capable hands of Angela and Robert. Bye-bye.
3: Bye.
2: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.